Go ahead. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, operator. Uh, speaking on behalf of uh, CBS and Showtime and Pro Elite, Elite XC, everyone involved with our sensational fight card Saturday, October 4th uh, at the Bank Atlantic Center on CBS Television Network. I'd like to thank you and welcome you to today's call. Uh, as you know, we have a great, great fight card scheduled for uh, Saturday, October 4th. Uh, today on the call, we have uh, from Elite XC head of field opera uh, head of fight operations Jeremy Lappin and Jared Scala Shaw, Vice President Elite XC. We've got with CBS uh, Brett Gould and Chris Ender, and with Showtime we have Chris De Blasio. Uh, again, I want to thank everyone for their participation and for your support for this show. So we all know the format. We're going to start with Gina and Kelly. Uh, they'll be speaking, and we'll do the uh, Q&A with them, and then we'll move right into Jake and, and Paul Daly fight. But before we go to uh, Gina and Kelly to uh, run down the call and make some comments, I'd like to uh, introduce Jeremy Lappin. Jeremy? Thanks, John. Hello, everybody. Thank you for calling in. Obviously, we're extremely excited about the upcoming bout. We're a little over a week away now. Um, tickets are selling really fast. There still are some available, though, so you can still get tickets at Ticketmaster. Just wanted to mention a few other people on the um, on the card that night. Seth Petrozelli uh, out of Florida is fighting Aaron Rosa. Edson Berto from Florida is fighting Connor Hune. And also Chris Cyborg will be taking on Yoko Takahashi. Those are all live fights. Chris Cyborg, Yoko Takahashi, with time permitting, hopefully will be showing highlights for the whole fight during the CBS broadcast. Uh, but the other fights you can only see if you go live. Also on the card, Ninja Hua against Benji Raddick. Um, we obviously just announced yesterday the addition of Roy Nelson against Andre Orlovsky, which we're extremely excited about, and uh, Ken Shamrock against Kimbo Slice, the huge main event. Uh, but on the call now uh, and on the call shortly, Jake Shields, our title holder, taking on Paul Daly, uh, a match of grappler versus striker. It should be a great one. And, of course, Gina Carano against Kelly Cobalt. I think this will be a tremendous match. It's uh, Gina's obviously reached a high level of fame and one of the best fighters in the world taking on her toughest opponent in Kelly somebody who's 16 and 2 it should be an amazing match and set the stage for really interesting things down the road so we're really excited about the uh, about the night coming up and thank you all for calling in and I'll turn it over to Jared thanks Jeremy I mean he's fest obviously October 4th is going to be a fantastic card and I just want to get right to the fighters but before we do that I'm going to ask the press obviously with the addition of our last announcement it makes for exciting news, and I'm sure you have some questions, but we're going to kindly ask you to refrain from asking them here out of respect for Gina and Kelly and Jake and Paul, who have taken the time away from training to be with us. We could definitely address all your questions at a later date or later today. So without further ado, let's get uh, right to Gina Carano. Um, hi, everyone. It's Gina. Um, I've been training super hard for this fight. I'm excited about it, and I don't know. I'm ready to go, so I look forward to um, going to Florida, and I'm honored to be on such a, you know, of course I'm honored to be on the CBS card again, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to fighting Kelly. I think this is definitely one of my toughest opponents to date, and so, so here we go again. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, or, or Gina, Kelly, uh, can we get some opening comments for you? What are your thoughts? Of fighting Gina Carano on CBS and uh, how your training's been going? Just your general mood going into this big, big show? Well, first I'd like to set up by saying I'm having some incredibly terrible phone reception here, and I apologize about this. I'm having some technical difficulties. You might lose me. But uh, I've been training very hard for this, and I'm really, really excited about the opportunity to get onto CBS and showcase some of the, the skills and what I've been working for for the past six years. John, you want to open it up to questions? Yeah, we'll do. We'll uh, have the uh, operator uh, give instructions to ask questions. The one thing I want to note, uh, follow up with uh, Jared said, uh, we're looking uh, to hopefully putting together a Arlovsky Roy Nelson conference call for very, very early next week, which will 
uh, give the press and media also an opportunity to talk to these guys firsthand too. But again, we're going to concentrate on on uh, Gina and and Kelly their fight, and then we'll move on to uh, Jake and Paul Daly. So, uh, operator, could you just give uh, instructions, please? Certainly, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, you may do so by pressing star one on your telephone. Star one for questions. Please make sure your mute function is turned off so the signal can be read by our equipment. Star one, and we'll pause a moment to assemble our queue. We'll go first with Sharon Robb, South Florida. Uh, this question is really for both Gina and Kelly. Gina, first, can you talk about how important this is for women in all of mixed martial arts to get the kind of exposure that these fights are bringing on national TV? Um, sure. Uh, I just think that Elita has done a wonderful job uh, and um, they keep on signing more and more tough females, so I think that from here on out it's just going to be, you know, awesome fight after awesome fight, and I think that it's the biggest issue that we've had, and uh, I don't know, it's just it's super important, you know, and a lot of people out there don't know that it exists, and they just want, you know, they know that guys fight, but they don't know that, you know, there's a female fighters out there, so it kind of gives, like, some education, and I think you know, I think they like it a lot. So I hope that can continues on. Kelly, uh, Kelly, before you respond, we got we're getting some background noise. Please, whoever it is, just try to eliminate any background noise. Kelly, sorry, sorry. Okay, have we gotten the background noise taken care of? Go ahead and fire away, Kelly. All right, my thoughts on what a lead activity is for women's martial arts. Um, it's done a fabulous job. They've brought in female martial arts, mixed martial arts, out to become a household name. People know what it's not limited to just men anymore. Now people are recognizing it's done a general, like, you walk in the mall and somebody knows that women are ultimate fights and that it's, it's becoming huge. And, uh, you know, I see that on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you feel like a role model? I know you. I, I know that is a horrible thing to put on your shoulders, but I mean, do you feel like you're leading the way? I mean, women's boxing just kind of failed miserably nationwide. The promoters refused to put them on cards. Yeah, here, here you have promoters willing to put them on the card. October 4th. Thank you, Lincoln Center, for a lot of Hello? Somebody put their phone on me. You can hear people talk in the background. Please, please, whoever's having another conversation, you have to see. <laughs> Did you get the gist of that, Kelly and Gina? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's it's a big thing to kind of like call yourself a role model. I think so. Um, I think that you know you just do the best you can in life, and if people are inspired by it, by it, then you know that's great. And I have been. Um, confronted by a lot of women out there that, and a lot of guys too that just really respect and admire and you know just they like seeing a different kind of female that uh, you know it's a different kind somebody who's aggressive somebody who fights somebody who's passionate about something and I think that's really healthy for people so um, if people want to put you up there and you know look up to you that's fine you know but um, nobody's perfect and nobody's you know so it's, it's kind of like a scary thing to have somebody say that you're a role model because there's so much like expectations to it, but at the same time, it's an honor. Uh -huh. Kelly? Um, I don't really feel like a role model yet. I'd love to be one at some point. I think that with any amount of fame or publicity, especially like where we're breaking ground, we're pioneers of this for women for mainstream women's MMA, I think there's a great responsibility to be role models, especially for young women trying to get into this. So while I may not be one yet, I certainly hope to be, and I definitely live my life and train with the thought in mind that someday somebody will be looking up to me. Great. Thanks very much. We'll go next to John Morgan, MMAJunkie.com. 
yeah, thank you. I'd like to start with Kelly, please. Uh, obviously, you've, you've, you've built up a great career record for yourself, but uh, you know, kind of on the tail end, the last two fights. Have you, have you changed up your training at all? Are you approaching the fight any differently uh, after having such great success early in the career with the two losses recently? Oh, well, definitely. I've made some major life changes. Um, over the past year, I went through a very bitter, kind of nasty divorce. And I, I would be lying if I said that that hadn't affected uh, my training and, and my mentality and my mental state for the fight, uh, such as the last two fights that I've had in the year. Uh, and being that they were the toughest fights that I've faced with yet, um, there's still some changes that definitely need to be made, and I've definitely done that. Um, I'm training very, very regularly now and incorporating a lot more different aspects of mixed martial arts training into my regimen. Absolutely. And, and would you, would you, because obviously the last two, two women you fought were, were two of the, the top fighters as well. Would you consider this your, your toughest test so far, or, or does it, Gina present any kind of special challenges to you you haven't seen before? Well, every fighter has their own special challenge. It's the matchup that makes the fight, not necessarily the fighters. I think in different matchups and styles be a different fight. Um, well, honestly, my toughest fight has been Tara LaRosa, not that that means that I would look past in any way, shape, or form, she, it would be stupid to do so. She's an incredible striker and has a really solid um, fight game. So I'm not looking past her, but you know, I'd be lying if I said that. I didn't feel like Tara LaRosa was the toughest I've had. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And uh, for Gina, please, uh, I know after the, the last fight out, um, uh, the, a lot of fans were kind of clamoring for that fight with, with Cyborg. Uh, certainly, I know you wouldn't look past Kelly in the way that she's not looking past you, but was there any frustration on your part that that wasn't the fight that was arranged, and is that something you're hoping to, to get to perhaps next? Um, you know, no, there's not any frustration at all. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Cyborg fight, you know, get some more information on her. You know, that was a phenomenal fight that she put on. Um, and definitely I think that Kelly is going to be, you know, everybody keeps on asking me about the Cyborg fight, and I keep on telling them I have to get through Kelly first because this is a, it's going to be my toughest fight. And so, um, you know, I'd like to just focus on this fight, and then whatever comes out of this fight, then focus on the, the Cyborg fight if that's an opportunity or whatever fight, you know, after that. But, um you know, I think that it's good, too. Like, there's, you know, all these other females are kind of popping up with their strengths, and, you know, people are getting to know them a little bit more. And so, um, but I, I think that no matter what, you know, when lose or draw, like, I'll be fighting, you know, whoever is out there whenever, you know, whoever they put in front of me, Cyborg or anybody else, because that's just the way it's going to be. I'm going to be here for a second. <laughs> Absolutely. And last thing for Gina, quickly, I know that, uh, you know, you mentioned not necessarily wanting the role model, uh, you know, role so much. Then a couple of your detractors have said, that, well, that's not really fair. You know, you used that fame to, to take the American Gladiators, to be at the forefront of women to uh, MMA. How do you respond to those people who say that, that, that you're kind of holding a double standard in that regard? I say I'm, it's not that I don't want to be a role model. I think it's more that I appreciate the responsibility of, you know, calling yourself a role model or, you know, stepping up and, you know. So what, I, what I'm about is just being myself, and if people want to look up to that, I think that there's too many people out there that kind of put somebody up on a pedestal and, um, you know, make them an idea instead of really appreciate, you know, the human aspect of them and kind of, I don't know, we kind of like to idealize people, I think, and I don't think that that's necessarily healthy. So. If people want to look at me and respect me and uh, look up to me, then I want them to know who they're respecting and looking up to and realize, you know, hey, I'm human, but at the same time I'm doing what I'm doing, and, you know, you can look at all of me. Um, you know, I've just seen so many people, you know, treat, like, just being around Randy Couture, you know, like treat him like, you know, he's an object they can't, like, really talk to him, you know, does one thing wrong, and it's like, you know, they don't expect it out of him or whatever. And it's just, it's not appealing to me. I think that gives people a false sense of, like, you know, reality. So I think that if you're just upfront with them to begin with and they still want to hold you on that level, then that's fine. I'll take that responsibility with no problem. But I'm about being honest and presenting myself the way I am. And, um, you know, I'm just like everybody else. So if uh, people want to, you know, look up to that, then that's, that's good because then 
know, they're looking up to who I really am instead of, like, an idea. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. We'll go to Nick Solomon, jabsandgrabs.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking my call today. Uh, Gene, I'd like to start with you. It's a little bit more on the whole label of the women's uh, phase of mixed martial arts. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure that comes with that label, and recently it's been made uh, aware that you're trying to shake that. Will this form some sort of distraction for you in your upcoming fight with Kelly Cobalt Gavin? Um, <laughs> you know what, like, it's not that I mind people saying, you know, like, I was on doing the MMA Weekly radio the other day, or yesterday, and, you know, he was like, you know, I think that it's great that you're in this position, and yeah, I can take that, and I can say thank you to everybody who puts me there, but at the same time, you know, I'm a, like a, the face of women's MMA, that's uh, that's something, but that's not, like, all of me. Like, I, I keep on saying, like, if you're going to label me something, just label me Gina Carano, because that's, that's a mold that I fit into. That's, you know, that's what I am. Uh, being recognized woman in the sport, that's just a part of me. So, um, and you know, it, it's, it's an honor, honestly. It really is. I have people me, and I'm not trying to seem like I'm trying to shake anything, you know. Because at the same time, I really, I really do appreciate it. Um, but, but I'm just an honest person, and if you're gonna like see me, then don't just see me as this, you know. See me for who I am. And um, I don't know. There's just a lot of females that came before me, and a lot of females that you know that I want to show respect to. And um, and and I just like being a part of things, you know. Like I, I like. I like being a part of the sport. I like having this in common with everybody, and I think that all the females in the sport right now, we're all doing it together, you know, and you know, I'm the most recognized right now, but, you know, that could change within a fight, you know, and so I'm just really happy to be a part of it. Okay. Kelly, I'd like to ask you, I mean, your take on this whole thing, will this pressure that the heat thought in Gina as far as she knows that she wins, that she's going to get even more attention? people who are going to continue to put that moniker on her. Is this going to serve as a benefit for you and your fight with her on October 4th, or will she just uh, have no effect, you think? Well, I can only answer as far as how it's going to affect me, and I can say that I'm grateful for the publicity, but it would be, it doesn't matter who's standing across the page from me, I'm just grateful that I have a huge audience to perform in front of. Um, it won't be my first fight in front of a large audience, um, so I don't think any pressure is going to be on me about that. Uh, I'm just looking to go out there and perform to the best of my abilities. I've not been known for boring fights, and this definitely won't be one of those boring fights. So, um, you know, I'm just I'm going to go out there and be an exciting fighter. Sure you will. Ladies, thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best of luck on an exciting fight. Before we go to the next question, hey, hey Kelly, what was your initial reaction when you, you got the word that you could fight uh, on CBS against Gina? Initial reaction? Oh, it was about damn time. I've been held up with uh, contract negotiations and with the collapse of Bulldog. I've, um, I've been held up and haven't been able to fight. Uh, well, professionally, other than exhibitions or, or, or grappling tournaments for over a year now, and I'm finally excited to get back in there and do what I love to do. And, guys, this is Jared Shaw, because I just keep hearing the same question to Gina about the face, and, in fact, I even want to make a statement about a certain blog that says Gina Carano called the press conference to say that, which is absolutely asinine and not true. That's called a media workout day, and that's what that was, and Gina was there to answer questions as a fighter who's fighting on the card. But you're all taking this a, a, a little far because we gave her the moniker face of, women, face of women's MMA because women had been fighting, but they hadn't been mainstream yet. And because of Gina, because of her fighting ability and her looks, but mainly because of her fighting ability, she was able to really put, put, women's, put, put women on the map and really get a fan base for them. And when she says she doesn't want to be the face of it, it doesn't mean she doesn't want to be the best fighter in the world. It's just like she said it is. She just wants to share the limelight with the rest of her women fighters, the rest of the pioneers who have broken through. And that's what people need to focus on, the kind of human being Gina Carano is, and not the fact that, that she doesn't want to be the face of women to make. Because I can assure you she wants to be a world champion, and she wants to be the best in the world. Great. Thanks, Jared. 
right, uh, we got time for about uh, three more questions, and then we're going to move on to uh, Jake and, and Paul. So, uh, operator. Michael Smith, AOL Sports. Thanks. Uh, Gina, how much do you weigh right now, and how much will you weigh when you step on the scale next Friday? Um, I'm going to weigh 140 pounds next Friday, and um, and how much I weigh right now is uh, something I'll just keep to myself because I don't want a bunch of more questions about it. Um, it's definitely been... Uh, a challenge for me, I think, this whole weight thing in my fight career. Um, but I think that that's been because I've had lack of knowledge and I've never uh, really had the right people around me to kind of help me out with it. So now I have a nutritionist and I have a, a game plan and I'm really excited about it. And um, and so I'm just I'm looking forward to it because that's always been my first battle and I've always done it, you know, wrong. And I've told me is what I've done in the past and her jaw just dropped like oh my gosh no wonder um, you have problems so uh, I think that it's been a problem with me you know balancing out something in my life and I'm, and I'm starting to do that and I'm starting to get like a, you know a, a grip on it so I've got really high expectations for this way and, and um, I think that I'll do, do wonders for my confidence going into this fight because you know that's the first battle and if I can get past that then is making weight uh, a struggle for you at all? Are you, are you confident that you'll also weigh 140? Well, I'm confident that I'll weigh 140. I've, I've never missed weight before. Um, I definitely had some underground warehouse-type fights where there haven't been weigh-ins, but um, you know, I'm first and foremost a professional with this, and I've fought in my career as low as 135 pounds, and I fought as heavy as 180 pounds, officially. So right now I'm walking about 160 pounds, uh, and I'm very confident that 140 pounds will be no problem. To make. I'm sorry, did you say 160 is what you weigh now? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can cut 20 pounds in, in eight days? Okay. And is it a concern of yours that Gina might come in overweight and that that might get around? Well, I, it's definitely, no, it's, I won't say that it's a concern. It's something that's been brought up. Uh, and it's nothing that would keep me from fighting. The flight will go on. I'm a fighter before anything else. And, you know, I have the mindset that a couple pounds don't, that a couple pounds won't really matter. Um, do I think it's fair or professional? Not really, uh, but you know, I definitely not going to judge until she until she doesn't possibly make weight, and it's something that I'll address then. Thanks, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Operator. Yes. We'll go next to Ariel Helwani, MMARated.com. Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to quickly start with Kelly. Um, uh, Kelly, did you happen to see uh, Gina's last fight on CBS? Yes, I did. I'm not sure if you were able to take note, but of all the, um, I mean, you could probably say that it was uh, the, the fight with oh, the fans. I'm having trouble with the phone. You can't hear me? Boston, Gina, uh, we do have Kelly. Talking with oh, Sebastian I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. Oh, she uh, repeated, Ariel. Sorry, man. Okay. Cool. Um, I was just wondering, because of the crowd getting so into it, chanting her name, um, you know, if you're prepared for something like that, because really, I mean, like we've said many times on this call, Gina is a very recognizable face. The, the, the fans coming to, to the, the arena on uh, next Saturday know who she is. Uh, they will obviously be chanting for her. Are you prepared to kind of go in as sort of public enemy number one? Oh, I'm sure that I won't notice. I'm much more focused on my fight game, and I turn my attention internally uh, for that. Whenever I'm in the cage, it's just this white hot rush of noise. The only voice I hear is my own voice in my head, the referee and my corner's voices. So, um, you know, everything else just becomes white noise, static background noise. Um, and, you know, somehow I'm just always a natural heel. Even when I'm in my hometown, I'm somehow not the favorite. But, um, you know, so this isn't going to be anything new for me. Okay, and, and everyone uh, is obviously looking forward to a potential Gina versus Cyborg fight. Being the natural heel, 
you kind of take a, or will you take a little more, you know, uh, extra gratification uh, or extra drive to try to ruin those plans in the future? Oh, absolutely. My plan is to go in here and, and win this fight. Um, and not just win, I want to win very decisively. And it's not, it has nothing to do with who I'm fighting or having to be with Gina Carano. It's just with my last because I have to be both to myself and to the interesting community in the world. Okay, and just one question for uh, Gina. Uh, Gina, I, I don't want to talk about the whole face of women's MMA stuff, but I'm just curious as to um, if you are continuously surprised as to how much uh, people try to twist and turn your, your comments and, and sort of portray you in a negative light, especially in the uh, MMA community. Um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to pay closer attention to what people are saying, but... Um I've never heard anything like, I mean, everybody tells me there's so many haters out there, and I kind of just, if I read something, like an article where they didn't get me right, and they quote me, you know, I just, I expect people to look and see with their own eyes, um, and if they can't do that, and if they can't see, like, intentions in an article, or, you know, then maybe they look, need to look a little bit harder, so, um, I think that's, that's what media does, but I don't think there's been anything too severe. Maybe I, maybe I just don't know about it. Um, I can handle it. Like I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I don't put my confidence in my um, my self worth in what a person writes about me or what anybody writes about me. Like I have it in myself already, and um, and I know where my heart's at. And I think that if your heart's in the right place, you know, people will eventually start catching on. And um, and that's what matters, you know, like, there's always been people around you that are going to try to bring you down and, and hate on you, but, um, all you can keep doing is the best you can, and so, I don't know, the, I think that the hate and everything started getting to me by the last fight, but I've grown as a person and as a fighter and as a female, and I feel like I've just gotten a lot healthier, um, after that last fight, and, um, a lot more stable, too, so, like, I feel, I feel very comfortable and confident in myself, and I'm just, you know, if it takes years for people to catch on, you know, what I'm all about, then it does, and, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that's for them to find out. Okay, cool. Is Jared there, by the way? Yeah. Hey, Jared, I'm just, just wondering, uh, nine days away, what are you guys doing to promote this fight? You're very funny, Ariel. <laughs> he made me say that. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> We'll go next to Jack Bratcher with Promodot Info. <coughs> Hi, Gina. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You said there were some females before you. Um, who were some of the females that inspired you? Um, you know, uh, Lucia Riker. I I really watched her fights a lot. Those, you know, pretty much. Um, I got to where I was at because I looked around at the time and I didn't see anybody that like that I could look at that I that I wanted to be like, hey, I like what they're doing, I like how they're doing it, you know, and I wanna I wanna be like that. So I kind of made this decision one day that I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to I'm gonna take good things from people that I see in different other female fighters, and I'm gonna take the bad things and I'm gonna try to not make the bad things a part of me, and I'm gonna try to make the good things more a part of me. And so, um, so like I can take things out and and most any like anybody and see something good and look up to it in their fight game and their personality. And I can also take out the bad. And so what I do is I separate the bad, try to you know if I notice it in them, I don't want to notice it in myself. And then I take the good and um, and I try to put it into my into my life. So um, I. I you know and all the females around me right now that I've ever you know been around even you know Layla Ali she was just Layla Ali you know Lucy Riker all these people just to like be around them like I just think that I have something in common with you know a certain type of female and it feels good like I feel like a belonging like there's other females that are kind of like me and and uh, it's a really good feeling because I've been nothing but around guys my whole life and um so it's, it's like a place of belonging, I guess, and I really like it. Thanks, all. Uh, with your, in your life, the last time you fought, and um, 
a thing maybe you weren't quite as focused, you said? Do you think maybe this time uh, you don't have as much going on outside and you feel more focused? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, is that for Kelly or is that to... You, Gina, sorry. Um, I, like, I've had a lot going on for the past year, and I just feel like it's just been a lot for a person to have. For, for a person to handle, but I think I've handled it pretty, pretty good. And I think that I'm just starting to get a handle or a grip on, on you know, getting like a, a healthy lifestyle and more of a balanced lifestyle. You know, I feel so much more proud of my gym than I ever have. You know, and the people there. And so um, I've just been, you know, once people start to get to know you, it's just one big rush, and you, you kind of just get like it's like a tornado. And then when things, you know, start calming down, and you kind of your mind a little bit so I think I'm just starting to get clear and just starting to calm down a little bit and and it's it's very addicting to kind of feel like this um comfortable you know place of, uh I don't know just balance really so I'm I'm getting a handle on it now and I think that I'm getting more organized and it's not that there's not as much going on but there uh there's more organization so I can handle it better so I'm looking forward to, you know, after this fight, getting even more organized and even more comfortable. Thanks. And, Kelly, were, were there some women fighters that you looked up to that inspired you? Well, there are still women fighters that I look up to that inspire me. Um, I very much still look up to Tara LaRosa. I consider her to be an ambassador for women's MMA and MMA in general. Uh -huh. Her status is number one female fighter, fairly undisputed. Um, number one female fighter in the 135-pound weight range. And she takes that and she uses that um, to not only continue her own personal fighting career, but she definitely uses it to help other women uh, as well who are trying to fight, not just other women, just any, any fight whatsoever. So I think she, more than anybody out there, is doing more for the women's MMA than, than anybody I can think of. And you know, I gotta say, if I could grow up to be someone like Tara LaRose, so that would be fabulous. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, we have time for a couple more questions, then we gotta get to the guys, so. Okay, we'll go to Steve Perriger, Cage Radio Show. My question is for Gina Carano. Gina, you're training at Extreme Couture right now. I was wondering if you'd just give us some insights on who you spend most time training with there, you know, what guys, and, and what that's done to help your MMA game. Um, I, you know, everybody knows my gym has a lot of awesome fighters, so I'm constantly, constantly surrounded by guys like, you know, um, Gray Maynard, Tyson Griffin, Mike Pyle, Jay Huron, um, you know, Forrest Griffin, Griffin comes in there sometimes. Randy Couture, of course, is there. And then on top of that, the guys that they're training with are the guys that are kind of coming up, you know, right underneath them, and they get to, like, spar and train with them all the time. So, um, and ironically, I've been training with Randy's uh, and that is and <laughs> pretty expensive, and he... He comes after me for the full time, very super aggressive, bigger than me. Um, and so that's been that's been fun, you know. He's he's a wrestler, um, he's a pretty good wrestler, and then he's been working on the stand up a lot. So I think that he's been kind of like a good uh, I don't know, good sparring partner, good training partner. Um, of course, I've got my my coaches, Chris Benchavasi, uh, Scott Berry, and then uh, Master Shan. I've got strength and conditioning. Like I've just got a, I've just got a really good, um, good people over there, and uh, it's been, it's been really fun because they're all there. It's, it's, you know, nobody's, nobody's like full of themselves. It's just kind of you go in the gym, you train your hardest, and um, you get done, and it's just a feeling of accomplishment every single time you get done. Um, but I, you know, I've been beat up, but <laughs> I've been beat up, you know, by a lot of them, and I can say it's nothing but a, but an honor, you know. And I take my punches and I just try to stick in there and try to be a good representative to them of what females can do. And, and I think that I think that they're coming around and they're starting to appreciate me. And uh, I, I don't know, it's a very cool feeling. I love my gym. I love the people in it. Great, thank you. Go to Sharon Rob, South Florida. Both um, Kelly and Gina. I'm curious. 
outside your world where people know you, I don't know, say the grocery store, when they find out that you are a mixed martial arts fighter, what is their initial reaction? Is there a sense of coolness now, or is there more of a, oh, my God, you can kick the crap out of me? I mean, I'm just curious about how far the attitude has come to accepting you both as top-notch women fighters. Gina first. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I actually, when I when somebody, if they don't know me and they say, what do you do for a living, and I say professional fighter, um, like, mo like some of the time they don't really believe me and they kind of laugh a little bit. Um, and then sometimes they do believe me and they just get stuck, you know, like, in confusion. Um, like, if, if somebody doesn't know what I do, you know, I like to keep things to myself a little bit and kind of feel a person out. And then, um, and then after, you know, then then we can kind of like talk about what we do or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's a good feeling. You know, I gotta say, I used to be very, um, I don't know, very like socially very very shy. And I think that fighting has kind of kind of brought out a, 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 like an inner confidence to me that, you know, like I just, I believe in myself and I believe in what I can do and um, it's given me a passion and it's just made me just a better person all around, just having to check yourself mentally, spiritually, physically before every fight and, and constantly being, you know, uh, trying to better yourself in all those three areas. Like, I just it's just helped me, and so the reaction I got from people has been all over the place, from laughing to disbelief to, oh, that's awesome. Um, but it's pretty funny when people laugh, though. I just, like, I just don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Uh, you know, I've, I've come across a wide range of reactions. Um, lately in the past couple of years, due to the more... You know, exposure that women's MMA has been getting the reactions is a little less severe, but I remember the first time I ever actually had to tell somebody I was a fighter. I was um, showering after a workout. I was just at a YW, you know, a YWCA, um, and I was in the locker room, and a woman walks up to me and hands me a business card and says, honey, he's not worth it. And the business card is for a battered women's advocacy agency. And um, <laughs> you know, bruising on my body, I thought that I was a, a battered woman. And, um, you know, I just kind of looked at her and I said, honey, it's all our friends, too. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, to this fight and the more recognition women's MMA has, the more people are like, oh, I know what that is. That's pretty neat. And, um, you know, it's been kind of nice not to have to explain what it is ideal. Uh, even two years ago when I said, I'm an ultimate fighter, I'm an MMA fighter, I would have to use it in reference as, well, have you ever watched the UFC? And then they would say, oh, I know what that is. Well, I do that. kind of like that. It's called Mixed Martial Arts. UFC is a brand name, sort of like Band-Aid is a bandage. And um, the explanation is definitely, I, I don't have to explain it anymore. Okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Kelly, Gina, uh, thank you very much for participating on on today's call. Or today's call, we're looking forward to a sensational match uh, a week from Saturday, October 4th at 9 p.m. on the CBS Television Network. Uh, it's going to be one of five great fights, and and the women's fights seem to always have people talking the next day, and there's no doubt that. They'll be talking about your guys' fight for a long, long time. So, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to participate. And uh, good luck to both of you. We'll see you next week in Florida. And uh, we appreciate it. And we're going to move on now to uh, Jake Shields and Paul Daly. So, again, to uh, Gina Carano and Kelly Cobalt, thank you very, very much for participating. And uh, good luck, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, just a quick uh, preview. Uh, again, the fights start at 9 p.m. on CBS, a week from Saturday, October 4th, the Bank Atlantic Center. Uh, tickets are available, uh, I believe, in all price ranges. The first live fight starts at 6 o'clock, um, a week from Saturday at the Bank Atlantic Center. Um, 
We're penciled in to do a press conference, I believe, on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. You'll get uh, absolute uh, confirmation on that very soon. So be on the lookout for that. We'll give you a full fight week schedule. Uh, at this point, though, we have a great card with Kimbo and Shamrock and the addition of Arlovsky and Nelson and, and Hua and, and Benji Radich. And, and the fight, fight card's got a, lot of, a little bit of everything for uh, fans, uh, hardcore and the casual viewers. So we're really looking forward to it. But, but there's just one Elite XC world title fight on the card, and that will be Elite XC welterweight champ Jake Shields defended against Paul Daly. A lot of people are already saying this is going to be the fight of the night. Uh, so, Jake, Paul, welcome to the call. And we'll start with you, Jake. Can we just get some uh, comments on how you're doing and what are your thoughts on fighting on CBS and defending against uh, such a formidable challenger as Paul Daly? I'm doing great. You know, the training has gone really well. We're no problems. Just about to, uh, as soon as this call's over, about to go do uh, my last barring session. You know, I'm in great shape. Uh, Super excited to be fighting on CBS again, and uh, excited to fight Daly. You know, I think he's a great opponent. You know, phenomenal striking, super explosive, a uh, bit of a mouth on him, but you know, I respect him as a fighter, and I think we're gonna have a great fight. It's what fight. Uh, personally, I don't see going the distance. I think I'm gonna submit him, or he's gonna knock me out. Obviously, I think I'm gonna be the one submitting him, but it's a uh, it's a fight that, that I don't see going five rounds, and it should be exciting. Okay, great. Thanks, Paul. Welcome to the call. We just your thoughts before we go to questions about. Uh, fighting or challenging Jake Shields for a lead XC welterweight title. This is the effort. We just lost connection with Paul, but we're trying to reestablish. Okay. Do we have any questions in queue just for Jake? And we'll, as soon as we get Paul back to the we'll uh, continue. And ladies and gentlemen, star one for questions, please. Star one. We'll pause a moment. So it's Neil Davidson, Canadian Press. Uh, actually, my question was uh, was for the two ladies, so I'll let somebody else go on. Thank you. Sorry, Ariel Helwani, MMARated.com. Hey, Jake. Uh, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. You mentioned that Paul has a, a bit of a mouth. Have you said anything in the weeks leading up to this fight to get kind of under your skin? Uh, no, nah, you know, I'm professional. I ignore that. You know, I really don't even have much time on the Internet. People just keep telling me, saying, you know, that I'm scared of him. He's going to knock me out. But I'm not really concerned. I think, you know, I think he's a little scared. He's never fought a top ten fighter. I think it's just his way of, uh, of trying to build some confidence himself. So I don't think so. <laughs> and following the uh, Nick Thompson victory, you, you mentioned that you're looking to fight, you know, top-tier talent as a welterweight. Uh, are you, I guess for lack of a better term, content with the opponent Elite XC has uh, given you for October 4th? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, if it was my choice, I, w I would, you know, I'd do the two opponents I'd pick first, but realistically, this is probably the best opponent they could get. And, and Daly's certainly no slouch. You know, I'd be retarded to be looking through him. He's, uh, I believe he's knocked out. He had like six guys in a row, and he's a legit opponent, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely happy with it. Okay, cool. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Sounds like Paul might be on the call again. Operator is Paul on the phone. Yeah. Hello, hello. Paul Daly has reconnected. Okay. Hey, Paul. Sorry we lost you. This is uh, John Bayrudy. Could you just give us some opening comments uh, before we go to the Q&A, uh, continue the Q&A on your thoughts of finally fighting uh, for a world title? We know you've been wanting to fight the best for a long time, and no doubt Jake Shields is one of the very, very best in the world. So what are your thoughts? And uh, this is a great fight. You know, Jake's a tough guy. Um, yeah, that's it, you know. Props to Kelly for giving me the opportunity uh, to fight such a good, a good, uh, well-respected opponent. You know, gave me some motivation to train. He's going to give me a lot of, uh, lot of attention. You know, a big fight in the spotlight. And a great, uh, you know, on a great card. So, yeah, it's a green light, man. I'm ready to go. And style-wise, how do you think this, this, this fight matches up for you, Paul? Oh, well, shit, I've been training for this fight forever. I'm a striker, so my whole my whole career I've been fighting guys that want to take me down. You know, some see, succeed a lot, a lot don't. You know, Jake Jake's a very good wrestler. You know, so he's gonna be he's gonna be come to take me down. So style wise, it's nothing I haven't encountered before. So it's normal. You know, striker versus striker. All right, great. Thank you, operator. Do we have any questions in queue, please? Would you have questions in queue? We'll go to Chris Yukis with Sure Dog. Chris, your line's open. Okay. 
Uh, hello. First off, a uh, question for Paul. Paul, can you shed a little more light on uh, the retirement situation and what was going through your mind then and, uh, you know, why you came out of retirement? Uh, yeah, well, I just needed some time off, you know. Uh, training from fight to fight is a lot physically and mentally, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things that obviously people don't see that's going on behind the scenes in the fighter's life, uh, especially as a young man, you know, I'm only 25, you know, certain things that I uh, had to deal with personally, and uh, fighting really wasn't a priority, so I thought if it's not going to be a priority in my life, you know, I'd lost direction a little bit then, you know, why fight? I owe it to myself not, not to do that, so I took some time off. Uh, find my way again, and now I'm back. Uh, you, you've voiced some problems with pro elite management in the past. How is your relationship with them no, now? that's not right. That, that's not right. I did, I've never had a problem with pro elite management. That's wrong. I've had a problem with cage raise management, which is different. We have pro elite on cage raise, but I've never had a problem with pro elite. They've always treated me very well, you know, and I've said that in every interview I've had. The problem was not with pro elite. The problem was, was with uh, cage raise. So, you know, pro elite is cool. Uh, well, didn't we have a situation, and maybe I'm, my memory's incorrect, but with uh, r the Rory Markham thing and the signing the fight on the July 26th card? So, but uh, yeah, that was that wasn't the pro elite. That issue wasn't with pro elite. That was with Cage Rage because I wanted to find another promotion, and then Cage Rage comes with some some crazy thing that they have me an opponent, and then it's like the issue was never really, like pro elite hood. Like I was in contact with pro elite when everything was being done, like the fight was being made and everything. So it, it was only a Cage rage that we're fucking thinking about. Alright, thanks a lot. And a uh, question for Jake. Uh, Jake, do you think that Paul has earned a shot the title? Um, has he earned a shot? Well, I mean, he's been he's cage rage champ, so I mean, considering the guys that got out there, yeah, I think he's earned it. You know, he, he's been on a good winning streak. I mean, as far as the guys they have signed, I think he's the number one contender, so. Awesome. Thanks a lot. That's it. He, he, got, he got an easier route than me, I think, but I mean, as far as who they have, I think, you know, I think he, he's the guy that deserves it right now. Hey, Paul. Thanks, Jake, for taking the call today. Um, just out of curiosity, you guys are both world champions. Jake, you've got the Elite XC title, and Paul has both the titles in cage rage for Walter White. Shouldn't this fight be a winner-take-all? Everybody puts their belts up, and guy standing at the end takes both for take-all. Uh, to me, that would sound like a good idea, but I don't know about Paul's opinion. <laughs> oh, to me, yeah, that's no problem. That sounds real good. Um, I thought that's what it was going to be, but... Yeah, I don't know. Probably the guys in charge, so you know, we'll see what they want to do. But I'm, I'm going for anything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It seems like Elite's like the big belt over all of them. The way I look at it. So, Jeremy, Jared, any comments? Bob? Yeah, I mean, basically, this is for the Elite XC Championship. You have the Elite XC Champion and Jake taking on the belt holder for uh, Cage Rage, but that belt is not on the line because this isn't a Cage Rage fight would have to go into to a cage rage fight to defend it, but basically if you're beating the cage rage champion I would I would put that over and above. I mean Jake has been knocking off title holders from all other organizations and he's gonna try to keep that that going. Uh, and Paul obviously ever since he's with us has always said he wants that elite XC belt. Um last time Paul you were in that you were in Elite XC, you uh really expressed a strong desire to fight Jake. Now it's come to fruition. So at one point you lost a little bit of motivation. How motivated are you now by Jake? Yeah, man, I've been training real hard for the fight, you know, so it's hard, it's hard to express being that I'm fucking tired and shit from training, uh, how, how motivated I am for the fight, you know. Jake is a big name out there, you know, and uh, it's a fight I can win. It's a fight I'm going to win, so of course the motivation's there, and Otherwise, they wouldn't have taken the fight, so, yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be a good fight. Sure will be. So, Paul, thank you for your time. Jake, thank you for your time. You guys have been great. Looking forward to a fantastic fight. Thank you. We'll go to Sharon Robe, South Florida. Jake, Sharon Oh, call me anything you want. Jake, two questions. The first yeah. question is, how has the exposure on national TV helped you personally grow as a fighter? I mean, you were already popular, but uh, has it just, is it just skyrocketed? And then also the sport in general, how much is CBS helping it to grow bigger and better? Um, for me, you know, since the last CBS fight, I just feel like, you know, I've gotten, like, way bigger. Like, just that one fight, you know, the Showtime ones, I was definitely starting to get known around town, but now just, you know, all over San Francisco, it feels like people, uh, people know me and recognize me, so definitely known. And I think CBS is just, uh, 
tremendous for the sport because it's like a whole new audience. Like, it's why, you know, UFC really has the young demographic locked down, but I feel like a lot of older people, like, a lot of times, like, my neighbors and stuff will see me now and, like, say they watch my fight. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. that's great for the sport, you know, it's bringing in a new demographic. And then second question, if you had a sister or a mom or a girlfriend or a wife who said, Jason, I'm going to be a mixed martial arts fighter, what would your initial reaction be? Uh, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> I just really? think, um, now that I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm not against women's fighting, but I'm not like, uh-huh. a huge proponent of it. I don't think, think uh, fighting really goes to me. It's too brutal of a sport. You know, I know what I've, what I've gone through over the years and, uh, and everything I've done. I just think it's, uh, it's definitely not an easy sport, and it's not something people should do unless uh, they 100% want to do it, and you know they might actually put their hearts in it, and they're doing it for the right reason. And you know, if I, you know, if I had a girl that's close to me and she really, really, really wanted to do it, I guess I would, uh, I would eventually support her. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't be my, uh, my first thing that I would think. But I mean, you do have a lot of respect for the Gina Carano's of the world, right? Oh, yeah, now. no, no, I definitely. Uh, I realize she could fighting. probably kick your ass, but you know, let's, let's <laughs> see. But I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, there are legitimate. As opposed to boxing, where there were topless waitresses and all this getting into boxing, there were legitimate women with belts getting involved with mixed martial arts and making the sport look very, very good. I mean, it's just oh, a whole yeah. new avenue that CBS and LEXC have thought of. So I'm just curious, um, you know, you, what your opinion of the legit fighters are. I think it's great. You know, at first, I have reservations about women fighting, but I think girls like Gina and stuff have proved me wrong. I've mentioned I train a really girl. Uh, Katrina Alendal, you know, at first, at first I was reluctant to train girls, and she came in with a work, work ethic of the guys, so, or, or better than most of the guys, so I had no choice but to uh, change my opinion to take them seriously. But that being said, I, I, I still want to recommend it to a girl really close to me. <laughs> okay, thanks. It's too brutal of a sport. <laughs> That's the idea, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We'll go to Ian Aldos with the WB Broadcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, both of you guys are on a big win streaks right now. Uh, how much do you think that adds to the atmosphere and the excitement for the fight? I think the win streak is just, it just builds confidence in us. You know, when you haven't lost in a while, you start feeling us heat. You know, it's just like uh, we're running through everyone, putting everyone in the first round, and I'm starting to feel uh, starting to feel invincible. And I'm sure Daly's feeling the same. You know, you just get this feeling that uh, no one can beat you. Right now, I'm feeling confident, and that's uh, you know, you're dangerous when you're confident. Cool. Yeah, pretty much the same thing, you know. It's, uh, you know what can I say, you know, when you start winning, you start knocking people out a lot. Yeah, you start to believe in uh, your hands are really made of steel, you know. I'm not sure Jake's going to find out what my hands are made of steel, you know. <laughs> All right, cool, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see. Cheers, guys. We'll go to Dave Meltzer, Yahoo Sports. Uh, this is for Jake. Um, it, you've trained a lot in uh, with uh, I, I think with Josh Koshek and, and John Fitch and what, I mean when you when you train with those guys and they're the top guys in the UFC and kind of like when it comes to ratings um, you know most most everywhere you're top five and, and they're pretty much top five as well but in the in the position that you're in it's kind of like uh, a shot in the dark on where you rank are you number one number two number four number five because because of just the, the fact that the those, those certain top guys are not in your organization. I mean, what, yeah. what are your thoughts about, you know, the ratings, and where, where do you think you stand? And, um, you know, I mean, I know you want to be number one, and, and what do you think you have to do to to, uh, to be number one? You know, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely uh, definitely one of the best guys out there. You know, it, it's hard to be number one. Like I said, we're not fighting the guys that are considered number one, so I just, I, I don't know what i got to do. I guess I have to go out there, and uh, right now I'll be number one. I guess I have to be a GSP. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know. That certainly will be an easy fight, but it's something they want to do. I think I'm the guy that can do it. So it's, uh, said I'm feeling really confident in my skills right now. You know, the training always goes good for me. I feel like, uh, certainly no one can dominate me. And, and you know, I, I just want my opportunity to fight the best. But right now I got, uh, Paul Daly in my way, and I'm certainly not taking him lightly. But I want to go out there and make an example of him on, uh, on uh, October 4th, show the world, you know, just how good I am. How, how is it, um, living with, uh, living with fighters? I mean, do you think that that, that kind of, because you're all, uh, um, and you, you kind of. All you do is uh, pretty much train. We'll have a little fun in between fights, but it's like you, know, you wake up, it's training time. You know, it's just, it's easier to stay motivated that way when it's like the people you surround yourself with are uh, are all doing the same thing. You know, if you surround yourself with, are you know, chasing women and drinking, that's uh, 
that's definitely easy to get distracted, you know. But it maybe after the fight a little of that, but with fight time, you got to make sure, you know, you don't want people trying to, trying to get you to go out and stuff with them, that they understand that, you know, you have to stay in and be good. Yeah. Now, um, do you guys all, like, uh, you know, spend a lot of time watching tapes of different people, and, you know, your your opponents and everything, and help, and they help you kind of scout, scout them out? A little bit, but not that much. I probably should spend more time watching tape, but generally I'll watch, the guys, watch two or three guys' fights and then go out there and fight the way I fight. You know, I guess I probably should spend more time breaking people down, but that's nothing I've really done in the past, and uh, maybe in the future I'll start doing more of that. And, you know, w when you started um, when you started uh, as, as a college wrestler and then moved on to this, um, I mean, and started with the, with the jiu-jitsu, at, at, at what point did you start really, like, uh, I don't know, like, feeling that, you know, your jiu-jitsu is really strong. Was it something like when you first started, it's like, like this is something for me, or was it something that gradually, you know, it's like I need to learn this, and um, it's, it's you know, it took you a little bit of time to kind of like mentally uh, focus on, yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I think uh, originally my jiu-jitsu for wrestling was a lot better than, than most wrestlers, but I still had a lot, a lot of work to do, but I think, uh, but I really enjoyed it, so I think that's why my, my jiu-jitsu got so much better than most wrestlers, because like, I think a lot of wrestlers come with attitude of they want to learn how to counter it, but I, I started doing jiu-jitsu and I thought it was really just, you know, I really fell in love with it and just uh, really wanted to learn it. And it's, uh, you know, I'm still constantly learning to say, you know, I've mastered it would be, uh, I mean, I'm a black belt now, but I think I'm still far away from, uh, from truly knowing jiu-jitsu. I'm constantly always out there trying to learn new things and new submissions, and I think that's the reason why my jiu-jitsu has been so successful. Do you think that's the, the, that your combination of wrestling and jiu-jitsu is, is, um, is kind of like a primary strength right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I do a ton of striking, too, but uh, like, like I'm going to try and knock out uh, daily on October 4th to show the world my stand-up. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, my jiu is definitely... Okay, all right, thanks. Go to Eddie Goldman. No hard spot. No holds barred. Thank you. Hey, Jake. Hey, Paul. How are you guys doing? Uh, Jake, earlier you said that you seem to think the likeliest outcome of this fight is either you winning by submission or Paul winning by knockout. Can, can you talk about how you prepare coming from primarily the grappling background? Have you tried to get your game to include both grappling and striking, particularly against Paul coming from more of a striking background? Uh, you know, I'm constantly uh, working on my striking and grappling. It's something over the last, you know, originally when I first started wrestling, I got into jiu-jitsu and I neglected my striking for a while. But the last couple of years, you know, I've been I spend just as much time in my striking as my grappling. And this fight's nothing changed, you know. I've been doing a ton of stand-up. You know, I might stand with Paul a little bit. Obviously, uh, obviously, at some point, I'd like to put Paul on his back. And, uh, that's my strongest point versus his weakest point. But, uh, but I definitely do do a lot of stand-up. I'm not, I'm not uh, afraid to go out there and throw some punches with him. What level do you think it's at from somebody that, from a younger age, you started with the grappling and you, you started to fight professionally and include the boxing and the kickboxing and the Muay Thai on a professional level a little later age. Where do you think you're at? Because a lot of people in MMA, particularly people in grappling backgrounds, that's been a big weakness. Um, you know, I think it's, I mean, I think it's been pretty good, but it's still, still not at uh, a daily. He's got some of the best stand-up in the sport, and I'm not uh, I'm not retarded. I'm not going to go out there. Won't be me if possible. I can knock him out. Anything can happen, you know. You land, like, you land a punch in the right spot, he might go down. But I know if I, if I go out there and try to straight punch for punch with him, I'm more likely to go down. Just like, you know, it's possible Daly could commit me, but if he tries, uh, if he tries to tie me out, a lot more likely he's the one that's going to get caught. And a similar question, Paul, you're coming again from more of a stand-up background. How do you adapt fighting somebody like Jake that is known, his strengths are grappling, as he's talked about? Uh, you know, I don't really have to adapt too much, considering that, you know, being a, being a striker, I've always thought guys are going to want to take me down, so uh, obviously Jake's probably one of the best guys to do it. Having fought a lot of grapplers, Jake's probably definitely the toughest guy that I fought. So, um, yeah, not really much adapting going on, you know. I just have to make sure I do what I've got to do and don't let him do what he, he wants to do. You know, it's pretty simple for me, you know. What do you think of the level of striking that you've seen of fighters in the mixed martial arts who primarily come from grappling backgrounds? I think it's very poor to be honest with you. A lot of people, uh, you know, anyone can throw a punch. You throw a punch, you get hit. You know, there's a high chance you're going to get knocked out. But there's a lot of things that I think people neglect when it comes to striking, like the footwork and a lot of tactics and a lot of a lot of things that people overlook. Uh, um, and you know, uh, I, I particularly pay a, 
a lot of attention to this. You know, I study a lot of tapes on striking. I, I study a lot of, you know, not just MMA, boxing and stuff like this. And uh, see how to uh, exploit people who, you know, don't move so good or don't really know what they're doing. They think they're throwing a good punch. It looks good when you look in the mirror and you're standing there, you know, shadow boxing around. But, you know, when you really analyze it, you know, it's, it's shit. And I'm, I'm going to exploit anything, anything that Jake thinks he, he's learned. You know, I'm going to test it. So is it fair to say, or is it simplistic to say, that he's going to be primarily a striker versus a grappler fight? Yeah, for sure. Jake's a grappler, I'm a striker. Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair case. I mean, obviously, we're both you know, MMA fighters. I, mean, I know you know he has jiu-jitsu and wrestling. I have I have striking, but definitely that's definitely our strength, you know? Mm -hmm. He's one of the best strikers in the world, and I'm one of the best grapplers in the world, so it's a clear cut, you know, where we're both going to want the fight to be. All right. Good luck to everybody in the fight. We'll go next to Michael Smith with AOL Sports. Hey, Jake. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you've made a couple of references to wanting to fight the top guys. Are you um, are you frustrated that you can't fight a guy like a George St. Pierre just because you're in a different organization? And are you looking to get into the UFC at some point? Um, I'm definitely frustrated by not going to fight guys like GSP. But my goal right now, I mean, the UFC is really good. I'm really happy with the company. So I'm just, uh, right now, I'm, I'm worried about getting through Paul Daly, and you know. I have no intention to leave Elite City, but at some point I do want to fight the best. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Elite City will be able to sign these guys or, you know, at the future, what time's up, you know, I'll, I'll figure out what to do, you know, later on. Like I say, Elite City be great, and I like fighting for them. And, Paul, does it, does it bother you at all to, to hear Jake say that? I mean, where, where do you think you rank among all the welterweights, and do you think that, uh, that it's wrong for Jake to sort of suggest that he's not fighting the best. Oh, you know, obviously there's a lot of there's better guys out there than me, uh, than me at the moment. Uh, you know, I don't have top top ten ranking. I haven't fought you know a lot of the guys that are in the top ten. But this is MMA. You know, I don't really ever pay much attention to the rankings. Apart, you know, the rankings don't mean means nothing to me. You know, anyone can get caught uh, on the day. You know, and hopefully uh, October fourth, Jake's going to realize this. Yeah, no, I think I think I think Danny's right. You know, I am looking. I am taking this fight seriously. You can ask the other fights I want. That's what I'm talking about it. But I'm just certainly not looking past Daly. He's a completely legit opponent and uh, knockout power in both hands, knees, elbows. This is uh, this is a fight I'm taking very seriously. Also, if I can comment, it's Jeremy Lappin. You know, those rankings don't really mean too much in this sport when you have organizations that won't fight. Yeah, exactly. Fighters, it, it, fighters, so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of meaningless. It's kind of like you know comparing uh, Marvel superheroes fighting DC superheroes or something that can't happen. How do you speculate who's going to win? Yeah, and I think you look at a, Eddie Alvarez as a perfect example. I mean, Eddie Alvarez wasn't ranked in the top ten. He went over to the Dream Tournament for us and came, and now he's you know the number two ranked fighter in the world just because he had an opportunity to go against those guys. Was he not the number two ranked fighter before that? Could he not have beaten those guys before yeah. that? Of course he could have. It's just we didn't know because they couldn't put him against them. My guess is Paul would demolish a lot of those guys in the top ten. They just haven't. He hasn't had the opportunity to face that level of opponent. I know Jake would as well. So to me, the rankings are a little bit. I don't know how much weight you can really put in them when you have organizations that won't put their guys up against the best. And, and just to to follow up on that, then Jake, do you think the way the MMA business is going, you'll get an opportunity to fight? Uh, someone like a GSP, or do you think the way the MMA business is going, that's just not going to happen? No, I'll get a chance to fight these guys. You know, I'm only 29. I plan to be in the sport at least another five years, one way or another. Uh, one way or another, you know, if I'm winning, the fight will happen. Thanks, guys. We have no further questions. Perfect timing. John, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, Paul, do you have any uh, closing comments you'd like to make? No, not really, man. Okay. Jake, would you like to make any closing comments? Uh, just real quick, you know, I'm super excited for you fighting at CBS again. You know, I think it's a huge opportunity for both me and Paul, and I'm, uh, I, I'm planning to bring an exciting fight. I know Paul, you know, Paul always brings an exciting fight, so this is going to be uh, one to watch. Make sure to watch October 4th. Okay. Uh, great. Jeremy, Jared, do you have any closing comments? Yeah, I just want to thank all the press, obviously, for being on this 
thank all of our warrior athletes for being on this call. Wish them all the best. October 4th is going to be a fantastic card. Uh, again, if, if there's any questions regarding the new fight on the card, Jeremy and I are available at any time after this call. And on Friday, this Friday on Showtime, it will be a fantastic show. So don't miss it. Absolutely right. 11 p.m. Show XC tomorrow night. Thanks. Uh, with the first Elite XC 140-pound uh, title on the line with uh, Wilson Hayes and, and Abel Cullum heading up a, a five-bout card. Again, to everyone, thank you so much. Uh, October 4th, Saturday, October 4th, uh, CBS Elite XC Saturday Night Fights, third installment, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, Bank Atlantic Center in, in Sunrise, Florida, First live fight at 6 p.m. If you can't be there, definitely watch on, on CBS. We expect uh, a, a terrific, uh, terrific numbers, and this is a great, great card. Five fights, a little bit of tremendous uh, fistic or cage action for everyone. So we hope to see you there or have you tune in. Again, thanks so much, and, and uh, good afternoon to everyone, and thanks to the fighters. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference.